Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show, where I welcome Suzanne Vickberg. And Suzanne is an author, social personality, psychologist, coach, and divorce revolutionary. She is passionate about applying her expertise in creative problem solving to tackling life's thorniest challenges. And today, Suzanne and I talk about how to design a divorce you can be proud of. And Suzanne shares her story. I will let you guys get that in the show, but just a little sneak peek. She lives with her ex-husband and kids and her ex-husband's partner, and they've designed a unique divorce and one that works for them. And As you guys may or may not know, Sarah and I, my ex-wife, started this podcast eight years ago. And about two years ago, we got separated and eventually divorced. And we have a seven-year-old daughter and we're best friends. And we co-parent Stella. And I am super thankful and proud of the relationship that Sarah and I have. And obviously, there's lots of different situations. It's not to say you have to be best friends with your ex or that it's easy or anything like that. But as you'll hear in our conversation today, it's sometimes easier in the long run to be friendly, to co-design a breakup or divorce that is 
cordial and, you know, you don't have to live with your ex, but there's certainly things, especially if kids are involved, that will make your life easier in the long run. Even if you're really upset and angry with your partner right now and it seems impossible, really listen to today's show and consider the alternatives. That's really what this conversation is all about. And Suzanne gives some great tools to do that. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Suzanne. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Hi, happy to be here. Today, we're going to talk about designing a divorce you can be proud of. And I told you in the pre-show, our listeners may or may not know, but Sarah is my ex-wife and we started this podcast a little over eight years ago when we were together. Uh, we've been divorced for about two years now and I really resonated with your story around your divorce and how you were able to navigate it and, and set up a life that you live today. So I thought a great place to start would be having you tell our listeners a little bit about your story and uh, then we'll Talk about how we can design a divorce that can be proud of. Sure. So uh, my ex-husband and I um, married, got married, wow, about 20 years ago. We were married for about seven years. We were together about three years before that. Um, and about 13 years ago, we decided to end our marriage. And I don't say get divorced because we didn't immediately get divorced, although we did ultimately get divorced. Um, but at the time we, you know, had been struggling for quite a while and we just decided that the marriage wasn't going to work anymore. Um, and so we decided that we could, we could end the marriage ourselves anytime we wanted. You know, we didn't have to wait for the court or the church or someone else to tell us the marriage was over. Um, we decided to end it and I moved into the guest room. And at the time, we just really, you know, I had felt very stuck for a long time because I didn't feel happy. We weren't satisfied, um, but we had two small children. At the time that we did finally split up, they were three and five years old. Um, and I just couldn't figure out how to leave and what that would do to my kids. And that's what kept me stuck for so long. But I finally decided that there was no reason anyone actually had to leave, um, that we could call our marriage over, we could get divorced, and no one had to move out. So um, that is what I told Tim, who is my ex-husband at the time. I said, we just, let's end the marriage, but nobody has to leave. We can be a family. We can raise our kids. Um, and so that's what we did. And 13 years later, we still live in the same house. Um, our kids are now 16 and 18. His new wife also lives in the house with us. Um, he met her almost right away. So she's been kind of in the picture for almost 13 years. Um, they are now married. Um, we did add on to our house after a couple of years. So I didn't have to sort of stay in the guest room right next to, to his room. We've built an apartment onto the house. So it has two floors. It's connected both on the top floor and on the bottom floor to the rest of the house. So the kids wander in and out. Frankly, all of us wander in and out a lot. And it's 
often really like one big house, but it can be very easily closed off and be private. So I have my own front door and my own staircase and my own kitchen, you know, totally can be a separate apartment. Um, but we're still a family and we all are raising our kids together. And it's turned out to be an amazing situation for us, even though when we first started, everyone told us that it would never work. I have so many questions and it's so interesting, but just the general idea of what you laid out is a bit revolutionary in a sense. It doesn't need to be, in my opinion, it makes perfect sense and it's beautiful, but there's a lot to unpack. You know, culturally, there's still a lot of stigma around divorce. And then this idea that you need to dislike your ex and kind of that they're the enemy. That's just my general feeling. But I'd like to hear your thoughts and how you have kind of personally combated that and the the message that we're, we're sharing with everyone. And every situation is different. Not everyone's going to still live with their ex-partner, but I think it's beautiful. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it does feel like that's how it's set up, right? The second you start talking about divorce, um, it it really can feel like everyone around you is suddenly turning that person into your enemy. And I mean, in our case, he's, you know, he's a good person. I didn't want to be married to him anymore. He maybe didn't know it right away, but he didn't want to be married to me either. (laughs) You know, and I'm a good person. It doesn't have to mean that the other person is going to turn into some kind of monster uh, because you're ending your marriage. But I think most people have heard enough stories about people who did sort of um, treat each other very badly throughout the divorce that people want to make sure you protect yourself. And that's the language that is used. That's the, the language that the legal profession uses. You know, just make sure you're protected in case the other person decides to take all your money or, you know, take your children or do any of these kinds of things. Um, and, you know, I know that both of us felt that whenever we talked to someone about what we were intending to do, they told us you can't do that. You know, it's a terrible idea. and even people who were willing to concede that it might work for a while said when one of you meets somebody that the whole thing will be over it's going to come crashing down um when we decided to take out what was a sizable loan to put this addition on our house people were like that's insane (laughs) you know and we just decided that we were going to try you know I i didn't see why it couldn't work And I don't, I didn't know it would work for so long, but I didn't have any reason to think that it wouldn't. And so we just decided to go ahead and try it. And, you know, it's worked for us, but we had to really just kind of close our ears to what everybody else was telling us um, and, and listen to our own voice that said, you know, actually, I think it can work. Actually, I am willing to trust him. I'm willing to take a risk. He's not my enemy. And I think what people even more so cannot fathom is that Anna, his wife, and I are not threatened by each other. And we're not enemies. And we're friends. 
and we're co-moms, you know, we're raised, we raised our kids together. Um, and that's, that's the part even more so. I think that a lot of people just can't, they just, they kind of think we're making it up. Like we can't possibly, um, really like each other that much. I think this whole discussion is valuable for anyone going through a breakup or that may go through a breakup in the future, but certainly the context of having kids with a partner wouldn't make a ton of sense to stay in the living situation if you don't have kids together. But hey, you know, again, we're open-minded here. Financially, (laughs) financially, it might make sense. But that's, I think, the beauty of this is just a a reframing because we we have been told so many things uh, around breakups, divorce, relationships in general that actually just aren't true. So I love that you're sharing your story and I want to get into the details of how we can think about it and how we can make this happen, you know, in a healthy way and in your thought process. So to me, you know, having gone through a divorce with a, a seven year old that, uh, Sarah and I have, that's the, the big thing that almost immediately I started thinking about is like, man, how is this going to affect Stella? Even when I, you know, was thinking about, the possibility of divorce, you know, when we were still together and working through things, it's a huge consideration. And I think if whether or not the parents live together after, you know, as your situation, but having a healthy relationship and co-parenting is, I'm so thankful for that and to have that for Stella. So how did you guys navigate, you know, those initial conversations around, around getting divorced and with the kids, you know, and then moving forward, you know, you guys had this idea of like, hey, I'm going to stay in this living situation. What were those conversations like? And how would you encourage people out there listening to think about approaching the, the divorce in a, in a healthy way? And as you say, designing one that you can be proud of? Yeah. Well, I think one of the things um, about getting divorced with kids, and I'm sure most parents go through this stage of feeling like I couldn't, I can't do it. Like I'm miserable, but I can't, I can't destroy my family. I can't like put my kids through that because we hear about how horrible divorce is, right? But I, the reason I like to share my story with people is because it shows that it's not always horrible. It doesn't have to be horrible. Sometimes it still is. I mean, people have very different situations, as you said. Um, but when you can think about it as something that might not be horrible, um, it, it changes like the whole formula earlier on. Like some people wait to get divorced until they hate each other's guts, right? We didn't wait that long. I mean, we struggled for a long time. It's not like we just decided one day to get divorced and then that was it. But we didn't wait until somebody did something terrible or somebody said something terrible. Because we saw sort of a way to do it earlier on without destroying our whole family, uh, we were able to get to it, I think, sooner, you know? And so that's one of the things I think that can be really important about just seeing that there are possibilities and there are different ways to do this. Um, and then I think for us, you know, it was focusing in on what is the actual problem we're solving for here? And the problem was that we weren't 
a great match, you know, to be like the one love relationship that either one of us would have for the rest of our lives. We weren't connected enough. We didn't have that really kind of deep intimacy and the kind of relationship that we wanted. And so if we sort of freed ourselves to say, okay, well, we're going to stop trying to do that. But we do have a different kind of relationship and that is as co-parents and that actually works. And living together sort of as roommates actually kind of worked for us too. That was kind of part, part of the dissatisfaction of the marriage was we felt a little bit like roommates. Well, that actually works well to live together and raise your kids together. So it's focusing in on like, what problems do you have? What problems don't you have? One of the problems we didn't have was that, you know, it wasn't that we couldn't stand to be in the same room. It wasn't that somebody was like, you know, trying to control the other one or any kind of abusive situation or that we couldn't, you know, get along moment to moment. Once we kind of removed and stopped trying to have a romantic relationship and and that kind of partnership, we saw that so many other things worked. And so you know, I just encourage people to really think about, because I do think, you know, people talk about when they, you know, talk to me about our situation, say, you really have managed to put your kids first. And we have, but like most parents try to do that. You know, I don't think parents who get divorced are thinking, well, I, you know, I just won't put my kids first. I don't care about it. I mean, kids need to be in families where people are happy you know, parents need to find happiness to be the best they can be for their kids. So that sort of staying in marriage for your kids often backfires. Um, so yeah, we put our kids first. Most people try to figure out how to do that. Um, but in our case, you know, doing sort of those calculations of what are the problems and what aren't the problems was how we were able to come up with a new solution instead of just going along and doing, you know, the solution that everybody does, that everyone tells you you have to do when you end your marriage. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Hey, Love Tribe, I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit spark.com 
myrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We touch on this concept in our episodes frequently. We're better able to show up as our best selves in relationships when our bodies and minds are in a state of harmony. PMS and perimenopause throw a wrench in that whole state of harmony thing. Many women in our community have seen their relationships and their own mental health suffer when PMS and perimenopause symptoms set in. Our sponsor, Happy Mammoth, saw that there was no effective nature-inspired solutions to these issues, so they made one. Estro Control. Relationship Advice listeners can now get 15% off your first order on happymammoth.com with our promo code I do at checkout. Estro Control is a formula developed by Happy Mammoth, a supplement company dedicated to making women's lives easier. Estro Control contains science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health. The way Estro Control eases PMS is pretty interesting. The ingredients help support the liver, and that's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when estrogen isn't processed well in our liver, women may start having PMS symptoms, like spots on the skin, cravings, and feeling low all of a sudden. Estro Control was created to help women feel like themselves throughout the whole month. Estro Control is made specifically for women who are premenopausal. It's really great for perimenopause when hormones start to fluctuate and PMS can become especially rough. PMS has been a constant challenge throughout my life, from feeling down to sleeplessness to just not feeling comfortable in my own skin. PMS has put me through the ringer time and time again, and I know it's not just me. I've seen my relationship suffer in those times when PMS takes over. Estro Control works to relieve many of those consuming PMS symptoms, helping us regain control. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first month at happymammoth.com with the promo code I do at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the promo code I do for 15% off your first order. What would you tell someone who's listening who this is resonating with? And their, their relationship is struggling and they feel like they're going towards breakup or divorce, but either themselves or their partner is not so much on the same page. They want to stay together, right? But no amount of love or desire to stay together can always make that happen. So they, they're going to have to navigate everything in a much you know, more difficult kind of manner. What would you tell that person as far as dealing with those emotions, maybe working towards acceptance and then still designing, you know, a divorce that, that is healthy? Because I think so often every situation is different, but earlier we alluded to, you know, making the ex the enemy, whether we're doing that ourselves or our friends and family do that about your ex. And it's a coping mechanism, right? Like it, it makes things easier because it's like, hey, if they're not going to want to be with me, well, then, you know, now they're the enemy. And, and that is like this wall that that can protect us, you know. And so how can we navigate that in a more healthy way where we want to make them the enemy, but let's not do that. And let's move forward with acceptance and love, even if that's not what we want. 
I mean, well, first of all, I won't say it's easy. It's not easy. It's it's very hard. Um, and I'll say when, you know, when um, Tim and I split up, he did not want to end the marriage. Now, looking back, I mean, he can see, you know, I think he's grateful that I was willing to do that at the time. So the first thing I'll say, I guess, is that things shift. You know, Tim didn't want to end the marriage. He told me he'd never date again. Six weeks later, he met Anna, <laughs> who is truly the love of his life, who he is now married to, and who is such a better match for him. Um, so the first thing I'll say is if it's if it's the the other person who doesn't want to to end the marriage and you're sort of struggling with that, the best thing that can happen for you is that they meet someone else. Because I just think that it made everything easier. Once he had someone else that he had these deep feelings for, he was able to see, oh, that's how it can be. Like, I don't have to hang on to this. Um, the second thing is instead of going to that place that's easy to go to where we turn the person into an enemy or we blame them because it protects us from having to feel bad. So, you know, I felt terrible about leaving. Um, and I was, it's funny to me when I say leaving because I didn't actually go anywhere, (laughs) but, um, I, I felt terrible and, the way to deal with that kind of guilt is often to say, well, there's like a hundred reasons why I can blame him. You know, he wasn't affectionate enough with me and I therefore didn't want to stay married to him. And so how could anyone blame me? If we're married, I'm not allowed to get affection elsewhere. I shouldn't have to live without it forever. So that's his fault, right? And of course, there were reasons why he wasn't affectionate with me that he could call my fault. So it's all this chicken egg stuff. But what we really need is deep empathy. We just have to keep trying over and over and over again to try to understand each other's perspectives. And, you know, whether you're the lever or you're the one being left or it's totally mutual, you know, if you love someone, you know, trying to understand why they might need something different is that it's like the purest form of love in a way. And, you know, in our case, the way that I applied my empathy to our situation is I just kept thinking, I know Tim doesn't want this, but what is he really afraid of losing? And to be totally honest, I didn't feel that he was so much afraid of losing me. He was afraid of losing his children. He was afraid of losing his home. He was afraid of losing his place in the community as a, as a family, as a married person. He was afraid of losing his health insurance because he has a small business and he was on my health insurance. And maybe he was a little bit afraid of losing me, but like I, there were so many other things. And what I was able to do was try to figure out how can we separate and he can keep all those other things. How can he see his kids every single day? How can he keep his home? How can he keep his health insurance? That's why we didn't officially didn't get divorced for a very long time. Um, And we were able to find a way to separate for he could keep everything he wanted, except me as his wife. And, you know, 
uh, marriages are complex. Divorces are complex. We don't lose just our spouse when we get divorced. We lose a lot of other things. So for me, that calculation was like, what, what if he only had to lose me and nothing else? Um, and, and that's kind of how I thought about it. That's such a valuable question to ask ourselves is what are we really afraid of? You know, whether you're married or dating and you're thinking about ending it because so often, yeah, of course, sometimes it's the person many times, but it's not as simple as that, especially if kids are involved. And I know going through a divorce myself, there's so many things to think about. And yeah, for me, it was, I was afraid of, of hurting Sarah. I was afraid of hurting our daughter, Stella. I was afraid of, we live in Costa Rica. Are, are they going to move back to the States? You know, you mentioned health insurance, you know, like elements like that, very practical things that I think a lot of people stay in unhealthy or unhappy relationships for far too long because of all of those other things. And there's nothing I don't want to say wrong with that. Like, it's just human to be afraid of those things. And I think asking that question, having a conversation with your partner, you know, if you're working on the relationship, but you guys are having very honest and true conversations and saying to him at the time, if he was able to identify that, you know, could move through things a little bit easier. And, and that's what you guys did. And you collaborated and you designed something that, yeah, you can't always have your cake and eat it too. But you guys got pretty close and probably now maybe Tim would say, well, actually I am. I, I get to have my kids. I kept the health insurance and I'm, I'm in a, a more fulfilling relationship now. And that's hard to do because for lots of reasons, but that's such a great question to ask ourselves and, and then to design a breakup or a divorce in such a way that, yeah, we're not going to be able to, to keep our partner, but certainly if there's kids involved, but striking a balance. And, and like I said, it, you don't have to live together, you know, like you guys yeah, do. I that's think that's right. beautiful and awesome, but it, it could be close to that of like, Hey, I'm really afraid that you guys are going to move out of this city and I'm not going to be able to see the kids and this and that. How can we collaborate? How can we do this in, in such a way that it's good for the kids? Because even though you may not be in a romantic relationship, you will be in a relationship for the rest of your lives because you have that connection with the kids. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's really no escaping the person, at least not for quite a long time. So, um, you know, and it's, it's obviously difficult, right? Like, I mean, if you're getting divorced, there's probably some difficult difficulties in communicating and getting along, right? So it feels like maybe a tall order to say this is more important than ever. But, you know, I like to think about it in that, you know, your marriage, if you're getting divorced, is not going to last for the rest of your life, but your divorce probably is, right? So the way that you collaborate together or negotiate together is could not be any more important. Because this divorce will last you for the rest of your life, unless you're one of those rare couples that gets remarried. Um, so you better like think about what do I want it to look like? And so I like to recommend to people like create a divorce vision. What is the most beautiful divorce you can imagine? And that's the reason I share my story. And a lot of people 
wouldn't want my divorce, right? They don't want to live with their ex. And that's fine. You don't have to live with your ex. It's great for me and him and our kids and Anna is great for all of us. But what's your version? If you could have any kind of divorce, you know, whenever we like have other big goals in our lives, we sit down and we think about like, what's the end result that I want from this? What do I want my life to look like? So a divorce is the same. If you can create that vision, you're going to be much more likely to get to a great place. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. And share it with your partner, you know, and, and collaborate. And again, easier said than done, especially when you've been fighting, you're bitter, your partner wants to end it, you don't. But the reality is, is it doesn't serve anyone if we're doing that, if we're making them the enemy. So as you've alluded to a few times, it's not easy. We're not saying it is, but in the end, it is easier, especially if there's kids involved. I hear these horror stories and it seems more common than not of divorced parents that have kids. And it's like, you know, I had a client that wanted to come to Costa Rica for a surf retreat and none of the weeks that he had his kids or didn't have his kids lined up with the weeks that we want run retreats. And he even said, you know, some offhand remark of like he was pissed, but there was nothing he could do to come for a week and basically like trade weeks with his ex-wife. And while I I get that, I just it made me so thankful for for Sarah and I's relationship because we're constantly changing when we have Stella, when we don't, in a way that's healthy. Obviously, it's not, you know, just completely scattered, but it's just like, hey, in an afternoon, Sarah will be like, hey, I'm I'm working a little bit longer. Can you pick up Stella from school? And it's her day. It's like, yeah, sure. And that's just bouncing back and forth. And I'm so thankful for that. And that's where it is easier in the long run if you can be kind and collaborative because the other stories of like, imagine, and, and I feel for those people, but it's like, no, I can't take a vacation because it doesn't line up with the week that I have my kids and I can't trade, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's another one of the reasons that our situation, you know, people ask sometimes like, what are the, what are you sacrificing, you know, by doing this? And while on the one hand, we did it for our kids, uh, we all benefit so much from it too, because we have endless flexibility. If I need to go away for a week, I don't have to change anything. I just pack my suitcase, tell everybody I'll be gone for a week, and then I leave. 
because nobody has to like shuffle around or move to a different place. You know, it might be a few meals where like normally I would have made dinner on those nights or, you know, someone needs a ride to practice um, that I might have to reshuffle, but nothing else has to change. And we've all benefited from that flexibility. You know, there's no like, oh, I can't go on Tuesday night because Tuesday night is my night with the kids. It's like, I can go Tuesday or I will go Thursday. I mean, I want to be home some nights with the kids, but it doesn't matter which nights. And that's been really nice for all of us. Let me ask you if you're open to sharing, but how you navigated Tim meeting, I think, Anna, you said, it, Anna, you yeah. know, after, and it, it was relatively soon and just navigating those feelings and in, in that relationship. Yeah. I, it was interesting because I, you know, as I said, wanted the divorce. Um, and he met her right away. I didn't know about her right away. Um, but I was dating right away. I kind of couldn't wait to get out there. And, um, and I thought I didn't have, you know, I thought it was happy for him to meet someone. Uh, but there were some early on sort of situations that, that felt difficult that I su was surprised myself. You know, I found out that they had gone out in our town, like to our, one of our local bars with another couple that I knew. And, I got really upset and I was sort of surprised by that. You know, part of me was like, well, not everybody even really knows we're separated. This kind of strange, you know, felt weird that they were on a double date with someone I knew. Um, but that was just feelings. Like I just needed time to get used to that. Um, and once we had that kind of blip at first and, and we talked about it, then he tried to be extra respectful about asking, is this okay? Is that okay? And once I felt that level of respect, I was able to be like, okay, it's all okay. You know? And in fact, um, the first time I went out of town with the kids after they had started dating, um, I said, you can bring her to the house. That's fine. Now I again got upset because I found a razor in my shower that didn't belong to me. And I had this weird reaction and I was like, oh my God. At first I thought it was funny, but my friends did not think it was funny. And that's right back there to that script, like where everyone's like, no, no, she did that on purpose. She's trying to send you a message. And so I got very upset again. We had, we talked about it again you know, and I hadn't met her yet. And he kept saying, when you meet her, you won't feel that way. You're going to see who she is. And in, in fact, that was the case. And I met her probably about six months in to them dating because they wanted her to meet the kids. And um, so I met her and she and I met for a drink alone, just the two of us, um, which was, I think, the best way for us to do it because we got a chance to meet each other as individual people, not as me, the ex-wife, and her, the new girlfriend with the kids in the mix or him sitting there, which would have made the whole thing awkward. We had a really good time. We went out for drink. We connected. We talked about all kinds of things. He was texting her like, what's going on? You're there so long, you know? Because he was afraid of what, what might be happening. We had a great time. 
So, you know, there were a few blips of what I, you know, was jealousy, I guess, or a feeling of disrespect. But overall, once I met her and she was so um, respectful of me as the mother of our kids, um, that it just really allowed me to be welcoming. And, you know, from there, it honestly wasn't hard. It was easy. I think it would be a lot more hard if I... If I didn't like her, you know, maybe if she was 20 years younger than me, it would have been harder, (laughs) you know, or if there, if she was trying to, you know, parent in a way that I didn't agree with, that would make it harder. Um, So we've been lucky in that we all, we all get along. We're all on mostly the same page about parenting and, you know, life philosophies and that kind of thing. We don't agree about everything, but we're pretty close. And and that makes it um, a lot easier. Well, Suzanne, I think your story is inspirational. And uh, I think it's so valuable for you to be sharing it. So obviously, there's so many different situations and things to talk about and, and navigate and conversations. But I think just putting it out there, and, and I think that's what you're trying to do and doing of like, hey, there's a different way to do these things than we've been told. And why have we actually been told these things? And there's not good reasons. And I think just framing that in in the context of divorce, breakups, but in relationships in general is really valuable. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And maybe there's something we skipped over or something you want to emphasize, and then we'll say goodbye. Yes. Well, the first thing is I want everyone to know that I've just published a book about my story, but also how other people can get more creative. So that's called Divorce by Design. And it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, in some bookstores. Um, So uh, go ahead and check it out. And it really shares our story. So you can see one example, but it's about how you can create the best divorce that's right for your family. So as we've said, that doesn't have to mean living together. Um, also, um, I have a website that's either divorcebydesign.com and that's an X for the by. So divorcexdesign.com or suzannevickberg.com. Um, and I'm on Instagram also at divorcebydesign. So people can reach me in any of those places. And um, I guess I I will just close with saying that while it's really important to have people around you when you're getting divorced because they really can support you and uh, make it easier for you, you also um, just need to be careful about the messages you're listening to and, you know, take things with a grain of salt and really get clear on what do you want for you And sometimes you have to block some of those other messages out. We'll have those links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you, Chase. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.